0: On the low end. The R2 unit has a bad motivator.
1: Look. Having trouble with the drug. The drug. These two droids.
0: Both are hard workers. And will serve you well. Droid.
1: Droid. Droid. We serve. This is We Serve Droids, your favorite monthly Star Wars podcast. I'm Scott. And I'm Chris. And we are broadcasting from deep inside the holiday season. Yes, happy life day, Scott. <laughs> happy life day to you, Chris.
2: <laughs> Chris, what have I just watched? I'm still <laughs> not sure. <laughs> <laughs> this This was my first ever watch of, of the holiday special, and I'm... Ugh. What if, have what, what if you let me walk into? That's all I have to <laughs> say. It's a trap! Yeah, so, um, one of, the weird, one of the many
1: weird things about the made-for-TV Star Wars Holiday Special is that it has a sort of variety show format.
2: Something that really hasn't lived through past the, the late 70s, early 80s, I think.
1: Yeah, I feel like the Muppet Show was the last hurrah
2: of the variety show format. Probably the best, in my opinion, but <laughs> absolutely. We'll, we'll, we'll save that for another podcast. Yeah, next Christmas, let's just
1: watch Muppet Christmas Carol instead. Ooh, I like that idea. Right, within one year, we'll transition to a Muppet-based podcast. <laughs> we could still talk about the Max Rebo Band and Jabba's Palace every now and again. So, I thought that we would copy the variety show format for our own holiday special So, you know, we'll mix in with our discussion of the holiday special, some different games, maybe some songs, and some various
2: other festive activities. And just like the actual holiday special, there will be seamless transitions. (laughs) And everything will make sense.
1: So, uh, Chris, as we often start our shows, would you like to play a game? Shall we play a game?
2: Absolutely. Anything to keep from talking about the holiday special. Anything, anything to put it off for, for a few more minutes. <laughs> <laughs> so,
1: as various office departments are doing across the country now, I thought that we would consider a Star Wars Secret Santa game. Sounds great. What's your secret identity? Secret lover. I got myself for Secret Santa. So what I have in front of me is a bowl with... A lot of Star Wars characters' names inside the bowl. And I'll pull out one name will be The Giver, and the other will be The Gifty, and we have to figure out what, you know, this Giver is going to give his or her Gifty for the Star Wars Universe Secret Santa game that they'll all be playing this this life day. <laughs> So, Chris, are you ready for me to dip my hand into the bowl of fate and pull out the first two names? (laughs) Absolutely. Alright. The first giver... (laughs) This one doesn't make a lot of sense. The first giver is the almighty Sarlacc. (laughs) Who must purchase a gift for Princess Leia. Hmm. So I'm thinking that the Sarlacc's belly is going to be like a, a veritable thrift store <laughs> with people and objects slowly digesting for a thousand years.
2: Maybe that can be his gift, the the pain of slowly digesting over a thousand years.
1: <laughs> the almighty Sarlacc is the kind of person who, when they give you a gift, it's it's really a gift for them, not a gift for you. <laughs> <laughs> it's the equivalent of like the... The, like, marital spouse giving, like, the sex coupon gift.
2: (laughs) You get to slowly digest. Like that episode of The Simpsons where Homer gives Marge a bowling ball with, like, Homer already inscribed upon it. (laughs) (laughs) I'm gonna say
1: that the almighty Sarlacc... Maybe that's where Leia got the Bosk outfit from. Maybe the almighty Sarlacc (laughs) vomits up the, the bounty hunter armor. That Leia's able to use.
2: I have to imagine there's probably a lot of uh, bounty hunters in there that have displeased Jabba over the years. The ones that the Rancor didn't get.
1: <laughs> Would you rather have to buy for the Almighty Sarlacc or get a gift from the Almighty Sarlacc? It's not an easy choice. Mm. What do you give someone who already
2: has everything? Yeah. <laughs> I feel like the Mighty Sarlacc's probably not too picky. He'll you know, <laughs> throw anything throw anything down his mouth. He'll, He'll probably take it. <laughs> That's
1: right. Chris, I, my hand is back in the bowl of fate, and it is Darth Vader is assigned to purchase a gift for
2: Supreme Leader Snoke. Hmm, let's see. They may be a freshly altered deal. That seems to be <laughs> right up Vader's alley. I was thinking
1: that Snoke, you know, judging by his gold cloak, is a, a lover of, of finery. <laughs> yeah, that's true. If there's one thing we know about Darth Vader, it's his love of, of place settings on Cloud <laughs> City. So I'm imagining a nice fine china set. Mmm, that's nice. I can see that. For yours and mine, Supreme Leader. A little gold embellishment on them. <laughs> as is Snoke style. The Bowl of Fate has now given me Maz Kanata. Mmm. Purchasing a gift for Jar Jar Binks.
2: Mmm. This might be one we cut out, Chris. (laughs) I'm not not sure if Giardo has any mining disputes he needs settled, so um, maybe, uh, I'm sure Moss has a few more random lightsabers squirreled away somewhere. It's it's probably like her, um,
0: Mm.
2: like her stash of emergency gifts. She just, you know, has like a bunch of stuff down there. It's like, ah, need a gift for someone. Better just go pull something out of the closet here.
1: Yeah, she's got that. Got that garage full of junk
2: downstairs. Exactly. She's a, she's a big regifter. gifter
1: My recollection, Chris, is that that lightsaber is in, like, a box. I think you're right. Yeah, like a little chest or something. You know how when you buy, a like, a small child a gift, you think the gift is going to be fun, but it turns out the box is more fun
2: for the child? <laughs>
1: yes. Jar Jar's intelligence makes me think that he would just prefer the box. It's like, ooh. <laughs> so... I think Moz is going to wrap up that empty lightsaber box and and regift it to Jar Jar. <laughs> Hours of entertainment. Oh, I can't Jar Jar. Right. Well, where did this box come from? Oh, that's a story for another day, Jar Jar. <laughs> the box goes out to you. sounds <laughs> <laughs> nothing like... I don't even remember what she sounds like. I, I, I don't even want to attempt an impression. <laughs> <laughs> All right. I have... Way too many names in this bowl, so we can call it quits whenever. But now (laughs) I have Lobot purchasing a gift for the one and only Gorax. Mm. The mighty Gorax of Caravan of Courage fame. This is a real Felix and Oscar pairing, I think.
2: Yes, yes. I do want to see that sitcom now, now that you've mentioned it. (laughs)
1: Lobot and the Gorax? Yeah.
2: They live, like, below Vader's house. Like, uh, was it
1: Don Knotts
2: that lived below Three's company? They're, they're, they're the, um, they're the, they're the Fred Nethel to, to to Vader's houses, Lucy and Desi. Vader and Igor. (laughs) It's odd. So, I mean,
1: this is, this is tough because we know Lobot is your Google Glass early adopter, like, Giving tech gifts, mm-hmm. but the Gorax
2: is an old arts and crafts kind of monster. Yeah, nothing like a nice with all thing. the basket weaving. Exactly, good, good, sturdily built cage. I can see, I can see him getting him getting the Gorax like a Gorax sized, um, you know, Google Glass thing that Lobot wears, and Gorax just like, oh, thank you, and puts it in a closet, and <laughs> you never see him wearing it. I mean, this is maybe like a morally reprehensible gift.
1: But I feel like Lobot has access to some UGNOTS. That's the name of those little guys yeah. that, that work in the carbon chamber. <laughs> I feel like they would fit in a, a Gorax cage. I like it.
2: I see. It, I saw where that was going immediately and I like it.
1: hmm <laughs> Stick a, an UGNOT in each cockpit of the little uh, Cloud City <laughs> spacecraft yeah. and send them right down to Endor. <laughs> now we have Lando, speaking of Cloud City buying a gift for one of your favorite Star Wars characters Rose from the last Jedi hmm the meeting that we wished we'd had on uh, on Monte Calderon I know right?
2: yeah I'm still disappointed about that a little bit <laughs> we all are I want to say Lando would give someone maybe a maybe one of his capes or something but I don't really see him parting with any of them I'm pulling from um. The solo, maybe more the solo Lando, but I feel like, I feel like he'd give, maybe give like a, like a signed headshot of himself. Mm. Like, there you go. You're welcome.
1: Yeah. Yeah.
2: A copy of his memoirs. Yeah, exactly.
1: Yeah. Yeah. That's right. That's absolutely right. It's a, it's a Lando based gift. Now we have, <laughs> you can call quit whenever. <laughs> How many names are there? Way too many for us to do all of them. I have... The Raincore Keeper. Mm. <laughs> that answers how many names we have. <laughs> it, it does. It really does. <laughs> As to First, a gift for Qui Gon mm. I guess I'm gonna go back to our our well filled Java's Palace spring, and suggest that you know the Raincore Keeper has his like S outfit, <laughs> and we know that's not his only one. Yeah. So. <laughs> My suspicion is that whatever he gets them is going to involve either some leather or some latex. <laughs> I don't know which one. Maybe both. Right. Some kind of gimp suit for Qui-Gon Jinn. <laughs> All right. How many more of these do we possibly want to do? Uh, I don't know. You want to, do, want to do one more? All right. Maybe the bowl of fate can give us a good one. So now we have Jabba the Hut purchasing for Uncle Owen. <laughs> Stay on the very same planet. I just have a hard time thinking that Jabba does not have a droid that can speak botchy.
2: mm It's true. The
1: question is, does Jabba is he the kind of hut
2: that gives you like what you need, or does he give you what you want? Hmm. And the question is, is that droid been tortured to death yet, or not? I feel like I feel like any gift from from Jabba is going to be like taking you know, taking mob money or something like that. You're 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 always going to be. Always going to be indebted to him, one way or another. Maybe gives him a droid that can speak, speak bocce, but, you know, in return for, you know, one day, I will ask of you a favor. <laughs> that, that kind of, the, the job father. <laughs> I'm sorry for that. I regretted it immediately, as I said.
0: And I hope that their first child be a masculine child. Tontons die before the marker. Then the ice gets cold and darker. A beautiful sight can live through the night. Walking in a winter wonder Gone away, our basin yavin'. Terrible time we are having. This is no place to dwell, Han says. I'll see you in hell, ha! Walking in a winter wonder hall. Make some warm broth. Keep your parka from moth. Walking in a winter wonder hall.
1: All right, Chris. As much fun as that was, unfortunately, we have to get back to the Star Wars holiday special. And I guess we should start by explaining the basic premise for our
2: listeners who've never seen this. I guess my first question is always, why does this exist? When I'm thinking about the holiday special now, like what, what, you know, set of, set of circumstances transpired to bring this into being. So the,
1: the basic plot is that, you know, here, this sounds like a fun plot for a movie. Chewie and Han have to escape Imperials to make it home for Chewie to celebrate the holidays with his family, right? Right. Like, you're in an office and someone pitches that as a TV special. You're thinking, I
2: can work with that, right? Yep. It's, you know, 4.45 on a Friday. You're looking to get out of there. That sounds great, Jenkins. Let's roll with that.
1: But for some reason, that interesting story is told from the uninteresting angle of (laughs) Chewie's family at home. (laughs) Like, why are we getting this side of the story? It's like John Candy and Steve Martin are all riding planes, trains, and automobiles, and we're just hanging out with Steve Martin's family for a couple (laughs) hours. It's like if Homer wrote The Odyssey, but it was about, like, Penelope and Telemachus just (laughs) hanging out for 30 years.
2: Told in excruciating detail.
1: (laughs) Right. The whole plot is we're hanging out with Chewie's family as... Han tries to get Chewie home to celebrate the Wookiee Holiday of Life Day. Right. Mm-hmm. So we've got Chewie's dad, itchy.
2: Itchy, yeah.
1: We've got Chewie's son, lumpy. Yeah. And we've got Chewie's wife, Mala. Right? One of these things is
2: not like the other. <laughs>
1: Yeah, I would have liked a Molly singing like a uh like a sort of an I don't want a lot for life day. There is just one thing I need. I don't care about the presents underneath the life day tree. I just want you to come home more than you could ever know. Make my wish come true. All I want for life day is Chewy. <laughs> And then, like lumpy and and itchy, you know, sing back up. Yes.
2: <sighs> instead, <laughs> instead, the movie starts very differently. Maybe that's what they were doing. We just so we just don't know.
1: <laughs> <laughs> so it starts like, uh, you know, showing Chewie's like family's treehouse, which looks like they live in the concept artwork for Ewok Village. <laughs> yeah, and. Chris, I thought Lumpy looked like a Wookiee version of Danny DeVito's Oswald Cobblepot in <laughs> Batman Returns.
2: Yeah. That's perfect. Like, his head sits, like, too low on his shoulders. Yeah, and it's a little too small.
1: <laughs> right.
2: Yeah, I don't know what kind of suit they squeezed that poor kid in, but man.
1: Right. And Chewie's father looks more like Bumbles from Rudolph than that guy from Rogue One that I love. <laughs> it really made me wonder if the, like, itchy and lumpy costumes
2: are still on some 20th Century Fox warehouse. Oh, surely. If they ever go up for auction, we have to pool all of our resources so we can buy them and burn them. <laughs> <laughs> well, they need to be studied,
1: Chris. they should all be destroyed (laughs) we've got top men on it though (laughs) so there's lots of tomfoolery at the chewbacca home with his dad wife and son and it starts in a way that
2: would surely scare off any possible viewer and one thing I was thinking about was, you know, at what point did your average, you know, person excited about something Star Wars coming on TV <laughs> realize that this is a complete train wreck? <laughs> like, how how long did they need before their hopes were crushed?
1: Yeah, I think it's at this exact moment, <laughs> which is, like, what, three minutes?
2: Well, this looks of like a long title sequence. Yeah, and then, like, you get, like, a like a quick shot of Han and Chewie and the Falcon with some recycled footage. And then mm-hmm. like this 15 minutes of, or however long it is of them just doing nothing really before anything. Yeah. They fire up like a, ch- like the chess board
1: that's on the Falcon, but instead of playing chess, they watch like a tiny little person dance around. Yeah. Yeah. Like a one man Cirque du
2: Soleil. There's, there's a few people, but it's, it's like this yellow looking sort of, Weird, devil-looking, like, ringmaster, Master and all these other kind of tumblers and performers dressed in crazy get-ups. And I was trying to figure out
1: if it's possible that someone could be high enough to enjoy watching this <laughs> without also overdosing
2: <laughs> on had, LSD. I had this written down. I'm too sober <laughs> to be watching this. <laughs> right.
1: <laughs> I was thinking whatever you could do to chemically alter yourself enough to enjoy this has already got you in the danger zone. (laughs) It's biologically impossible to medicate yourself the right amount to watch this.
2: It was the seventies, man. Things were different back then. (laughs) (laughs) I remember too, you have this like, you have this like, this close up shot of the table and like all the people dancing around. And then this like horrifying like, like shot like in the background is, is, is lumpy. Like, just <laughs> staring at you with, with those dead eyes and the, the Wookiee smile. Yeah, he has a permanent 30-yard stare fixed to his, <laughs> his face. Yeah.
1: <laughs> Lumpy was in the shit. <laughs> <laughs> you know, after watching this weird little dance sequence, they call up Luke, which gets you excited that maybe there'll be more Star Wars-like things going on. <laughs> yeah. And I'm guessing this is after Mark Hamill had his, like, motorcycle accident.
2: I'm not sure. He, Luke looks just off somehow. I don't, I can't put my finger on it. His, see if this does the trick. He has what I call a Ray Leota vibe. Yes. Yes. What? <laughs> <laughs>
1: that's, that's, that's perfect. <laughs> so it seems like sometimes Ray Liotta has this look where his face is smiling, but his eyes are screaming for help. <laughs> And it's just off. And for some reason, Luke has this
2: really vibe all throughout the movie. Like it looks like he went overboard with, like, the hair dye, maybe? Or whoever was in... Does he have mascara around his eyes? Or am I imagining that? I can't... I can't put my finger on it. He just... He does not look like Mark Hamill.
1: Yeah, I can only imagine that you would wear that much makeup to go to, like, a Rocky Horror picture show screening. So, you know, Luke is just trying to like push the story along about, oh, I'm sure Han and Chewie are going to make it back for, for life day. And then for some reason, the movie cuts to like a, a
2: shopkeeper. Yeah. On the Wookiee homeworld. What are you buying? I think they call the shopkeeper, but do we, I think we may get like the interior of the shop before they call him. So we're just more left wondering what's going on.
1: Yeah. I mean, it's an establishing shot for this guy who's going to come up later. And that's the only reason I bring him up now. He's kind of a goofball though. And then uh we're back in to the Chewy family treehouse. And Mala, Chewy- Chewy's wife is going to watch like a food cooking show. <laughs> and so this is the first thing that happens that sort of makes sense, right? She's there, she's cooking for the holidays. Yeah. She's gonna
2: watch this this cooking show, right? Yeah, this, this is the first and possibly only transition that maybe makes any sense. And so the
1: the cook comes up, and it looks like if Julia Childs lived in the Emerald City,
2: <laughs> yeah, her her hairdo looks like the um oh like the stepmother from like the animated Cinderella, maybe <laughs> something like <that>. <laughs> right. <laughs> and I have to confess, Chris.
1: Out of all the terrible parts of this movie, I actually like this
2: segment. I didn't hate it, I'll say that, which is about <laughs> as kind as I can get for any segment on this show. I think it's pretty funny. So the the cooking
1: show woman, Gormanda, I think is her name, <laughs> <laughs> announces that she's gonna cook Bantha surprise. So she's like <laughs> boiling up a Bantha loin. Mm-hmm. Right. The the bit is that she's like getting more and more complicated and Chewie's wife is having a harder and harder time following the complicated instructions. Yeah. And I think it's genuinely funny when come to find out that the chef has like four arms. So she's doing really complicated stuff and Chewie's wife is trying to copy it. And then another arm comes out and does more complicated stuff. And then another arm comes out and is doing more complicated stuff before Chewie's wife just, just gives up. It has a bit of like a, I don't know, like a, You're not your best Flying Circus skit kind of feeling to it. Yeah, I'll agree there. Or you've got, like, you know, a guy in drag doing physical comedy with, like, sort of a one-note joke. I don't know, do you have anything to say about Gourmanda?
2: I don't know, it may have been the peak of the show. (laughs) If this is the bottom of the rest of the show, like, if this is as worse as it got, the rest of the show may have been watchable, but...
1: If <laughs> this had been the worst rather than the best part, yeah, it could have been
2: okay, yeah, like it may have been it may have it could have just faded into mediocrity instead of being this pinnacle of a pinnacle low point in star in the star wars franchise
1: Chris, I'm gonna try to send you a gif that I captured from part of this routine, okay, so she's kind of stirring with one hand and whisking with another hand, yeah. Then the third hand comes out with, like, a meat tenderizer, and the tenderizer goes in the pot and starts moving up and down, up and down. Yeah. And, boy, does it look like that hand is just jacking it.
0: <laughs> Alfalfa? Or is it spanky?
2: <laughs> you can't, because he can't see the end of of the tenderizer. Right. I'll
1: stick this gif in the, in the show notes <laughs> for people to see. But the worst part is like, once that pops into your head, she pulls like a big ladle full and like sips it.
0: <laughs>
1: <laughs>
2: and I wonder if that's what makes Mala turn off the, uh, the cooking show in disgust. <laughs> so it's one of those cooking shows.
1: <laughs> oh. Well, speaking of recipes, Chris, what are you drinking tonight? A medium-dry martini lemon peel shaken, not stirred. Shaken, not stirred.
0: Shaken, not
1: stirred. Shaken, not stirred. Shaken, not
0: stirred. Three measures of Gordon's, one of vodka, half a measure of Kina Lily. Shake it over rice, and then add a thin slice of lemon peel.
2: Yes. So, I'm drinking something of uh, my own concoction. Uh, I call it a Chewy's Special Ewok Nog. <laughs> Right, because if if we serve droids believes anything, it's that Ewoks lay eggs and Chewbacca eats them. Yes, the way, the best ratio I have found so far, depending on how hammered you need to get and what you are going to be watching, <laughs> is uh, essentially just a two parts eggnog to one part vodka and one part amaretto, and then just mix that. You can garnish it with something festive, like a you know, maybe some cinnamon or nutmeg, or even a candy cane if you like. Uh, you can make your own eggnog. I've never attempted that because I'm pretty sure if I knew what actually went into eggnog, I probably would never <laughs> drink it again.
1: <laughs> like, it is uh, it consistently not unlike something Gourmanda makes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like,
2: like I, I, I enjoy eggnog, but I, 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 if I think I actually knew like what actually went into it and in what quantities, I'd probably just be like, "Ugh, gross." Egg, I know what that is. No, I'm not so sure. Gotta gotta call up. Gotta get the DS9 crew out here. (laughs) I don't know what you
1: humans drink. (laughs) Chris shared the recipe with me ahead of time, and I have one with myself as well. A delicious uh, addition to the the We Serve Droids bar guide, to be sure. I had made, a few months ago, some, like, cocktail cherries. Mm Mm-hmm. Like brandied cherries that I did myself, mm-hmm. but accidentally used way too much cinnamon. Oh yeah, those would probably go great. So they're like suitable only for holiday cocktails. <laughs> <laughs> so I toss one of those in there. It's like a nice little nice little ewok dropping down there in the bottom. <laughs> you doesn't care. You mind if I have some of your tasty beverage? After the Gormanda cooking extravaganza. The shopkeeper that was introduced earlier in the holiday special shows up and like Santa Claus distributes gifts to Itchy, Mala and Lumpy,
2: right? Yes.
0: What are you selling?
2: I'm I'm unclear like where the <laughs> shopkeeper actually is. <laughs> he must be pretty close. Is he just hanging out, you know, like a ab- like above indoor? <laughs> is the shop
1: like actually just a room in Chewie's house? <laughs> I thought, uh, something a little strange happens is he makes, he has a gift for, for everyone in the family, but he makes Chewie's wife kiss him before giving him her gift. Oh, I didn't catch that. Mm. Yeah. And in the immortal words of Jerry Seinfeld, what is up with that?
2: <laughs> I mean, Chewie's away for a long stints of time. You know, <laughs> a female Wookiee has needs, Scott. <laughs> Well, hers are not the only meats
1: <laughs> that he meets. Yeah. <laughs> because
2: I don't remember what exactly Mala gets. Maybe something for the kitchen. Oh, it's another poorly contrived um, Segway device that I think we, we run into later. Lumpy gets what looks like a typewriter with
1: a plastic bag on it. Yep. And Itchy, Chewy's dad. The best gift. <laughs>
2: Gets an erotic video. Yeah, for his, um, for, for, for grandpa's, you know, grandpa's sex hairdryer or whatever it is. Like, it looks like one of those, like a hairdryer from like a, like a 1950s salon.
1: Yeah, yeah. So, what Chris is explaining is the device that Itchy goes to and sticks his head in in order to, to view the the erotica. And yeah, it does look like one of those old hairdryer contraptions. So he he goes in there and and fires up this video that he just got and it has a very like one nine hundred number <laughs> yeah. like
0: vibe to it.
1: <laughs>
2: I, can, I can imagine a lot of, you know, Maybe a lot of eager nine-year-olds watching this and having some questions for mommy and daddy afterward. <laughs> right. And I, I'd like
1: to pretend that Chris and I were exaggerating, like we did with with Java's Palace. <laughs> no, but like it just, this just is what it is in the movie. Yeah. The woman has this very strange, like, kind of speech about like her fulfilling all your desires yeah. and imagining what you want.
2: Then she becomes that. You just—I figured—if you just, you know, flashed like a one nine hundred number on the screen. Yeah, it
1: it reminded me when I was in college. There was one that would get advertised for late at night called the Yes Girls. (laughs) 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 It would always crack my roommate and me up when the Yes Girls commercial would come on because their like spiel was the Yes Girls—they never say no; they always say yes. And then it would be videos of them going yes. <laughs> so, we just imagine all the bizarre things you could ask them that presumably
2: they would say yes to. <laughs> Maybe some of them about the holiday special itself. I don't know. It's just it's just a recording on a loop that just says yes every thirty <laughs> seconds or so. Right. Like so, when the shopkeeper
1: like gives, uh, itchy. <laughs> when he scratches Itchy's itch with this gift, <laughs> he says, "He says like Happy Life Day, and I do mean Happy Life Day. <laughs> like he says it just like that." Ugh.
0: I thought you might like this. One of those that I do kinda hard to explain. It's a uh, wow. You know what I mean? Happy Life Day. I do mean happy
2: life day. The grandfather's like facial expressions either don't, don't help just what what that wookie mask can do.
1: Yeah. It already looks like it's got the hydrophobia. <laughs> he's foaming at the lips. I don't know where else he's foaming at. <laughs> I think this was like, I don't know of all the weird parts of, of the movie. I think this, Wins my award for
2: the weirdest part of the holiday special, and, and we're, we're only like a third of the way in. <laughs> I think I, I think I paused at one point after this just to check how far in I was. I was like, oh my god, what, what else does this thing have in store? <laughs> <laughs> right? It's like, did I, am I, did
1: I like accidentally watch like a redubbed version that makes it sound dirty? Did someone include like some weird commercials from the time, or? Much like the shopkeeper Chris, uh, we also have brought gifts that may or may not include erotica. <laughs> 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 and what a better time to open those life day gifts than than right now on the air. Ho, ho, ho
2: attempt to like not tear paper in front of the microphone or just give gives everyone the whole ASMR experience. Oh, I think you know what I'm going to say. <laughs> there we go.
1: <laughs> so, I have in front of myself, uh Chris has opted for the gift
2: bag with paper option because I do not know how to wrap things.
1: Chris, would you like me to go first or you to go first?
2: Uh, um, no preference. Do you have a preference on which one of the which one of your two gifts I open first?
1: Oh, let's alternate. Why don't you go with the flatter one, then I'll open yours, and then open the other one.
2: All right, here we go. Get it as close to the microphone as possible. (laughs) You're welcome, Internet. Oh, yeah. Do you remember that Drew Carey audio
1: ride in Disney World? No. What? It's like you wore, like, a headset, and it was like, Drew Carey would go get a haircut, and you would hear the sounds of getting a haircut. Well, I was getting flashbacks to that show as you as you unwrapped unwrapped the
2: gift now i'm just wondering what else in life i've missed out on that sounds amazing all right <laughs> <laughs> if you can why don't you describe what you're seeing so <laughs> the first gift is amazing the first gift is a vinyl record, but uh, no, no hold on listener. You you might think you know what you're what you're saying what I'm saying, but you're wrong. <laughs> because this vinyl is it's clear and also on, on it it's in the rough cut out shape or or a rough cut out shape and then has like a uh, um like a graphic applied to it of a porg. It's amazing. <laughs> It's from it's from of course Star Wars The Last Jedi. I was hoping that it would
1: just be porg sounds, <laughs> but it's actually uh got some some song from yeah, so from the Last Jedi soundtrack on both yeah, sides. Yes, so there's
2: some actual John Williams music on it.
1: So I remember your theory that the porgs were there just to sell merchandise. <laughs> yeah, and that inspired <laughs> me to find the strangest porg merchandise I could find and and a porg-shaped vinyl record. Oh. Was, was that? Oh, that's amazing. <laughs> I had to go deep on the uh, Amazon search for pork, <laughs> a few pages deep to find this.
2: <laughs> I had some things I was I was looking for for years. That I can I'll tell you about when we're done <laughs> that I could not find. All right, I am removing the impeccably placed gift wrap. So the, the rules I had for years were I had to find it in person. Those those, those are the rules I had for anything anything I got for you.
1: Well, to confirm the previous SNM theory, <laughs> there is a action figure of the Raincore Keeper, <laughs> who apparently has the name Malakili. I did not, I did not realize that either. I don't feel comfortable about a white guy being named Malakili. <laughs> and one of the uh, nice things about this is it comes with a scent, like a, 35 millimeter cell from the movie itself. Yes. Cause you know what
2: kids love, Scott? Slides. <laughs> Slides for their slide projectors. <laughs> right. It states works with standard slide projector, which has got to date this thing back to mid nineties at the, at the latest. I, I think, I think it is like an, like it's from, from the actually like the nineties. <laughs> he also comes with long. <laughs>
1: In fitting with our Java's (laughs) palace theories, (laughs) is Malakili the Rancor keeper
2: with long handled vibro blade? Not, not the standard handle, the long, (laughs) long
1: right. And it is. It does look a bit like a plug. I'm glad to see they have the nipples sculpted on him,
2: Oh yeah, it's fantastic <laughs> detail. oh
1: like, wow, I'm reaching back into the bag, and oh wow, like a non gag gift,
2: yeah, I thought that'd be uh I thought that'd be good for the uh the old drink of the month, yeah, so we have here a Death Star ice mold.
1: Makes one two-and-a-half-inch ice sphere. I, I, I may or may not have
2: bought one for me, too.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I may or may not have bought a Porg record for me. <laughs> <laughs> and then the last item in the gift box. <laughs> I, 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 want, I want to clarify. Uh,
2: the, I found this one at a different location. Actually, I think in a, in a different state, even.
1: <laughs> Chris has traveled far and wide to find... Uh, uh, the Death Star Gunner again, <laughs> your favorite, your favorite member of the Death Star crew, and uh, with the sort of clam-shaped helmet. What I love about this particular action figure is that he comes with two guns. <laughs> so, like, I don't think that's what he is by Gunner, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> right? It's Gunner because he pulls the lever for the Death Star gun. Yeah,
2: but he's packing like an M16 here in the the box. Yeah, they didn't want to. Didn't want to give him like the control console with the lever. It's too expensive. Just, just throw some random, random uh, Kenner guns in there and call it a day.
1: That is a merry life day for me, to be sure. <laughs> so, Chris, why don't you open up your last life day present? All right.
2: <laughs> yeah. Oh, it's amazing. <laughs> What I have is a, uh, I have an action figure from Star Wars The Last Jedi. It is Supreme Leader Snoke. However, upon closer inspection, uh, the title says Dissected Supreme Leader Snoke. <laughs> and if I open him up, try not to ruin him. Yeah. <laughs> wow, this is, this is impressive. Most impressive. Most impressive. The action figure has been split in twain, not unlike the actual Supreme <laughs> Leader himself, and can be reassembled with Velcro. This is amazing. <laughs> <laughs> yes,
1: yeah, so I've glued Velcro strips onto each each half of the Supreme Leader. <laughs> I remembered in an earlier episode you described him as having been um, cleft in twain or something like that. Yeah, like a G.I.
2: Joe yeah.
1: Right, <laughs> and that always cracked me up. So I wanted to create my own action figure that was rent asunder. Oh, it's just for you to assemble and <laughs> disassemble whenever you so desire. That's amazing. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> Let me tell you,
2: not as easy to solve through one of those action figures as you might think. <laughs> how how many buffins died to bring me this action figure? <laughs>
1: All right. I think with the Raincore Keeper, I came the closest to Itchy's gift from the shopkeeper.
2: <laughs> <laughs> this is a merry life day for both of us. Happy life day to you, Chris. Oh, happy life day. One thing I was on a mission to find that I did not find that I, that I wanted so bad was, and I wanted a VHS copy of Willow. <laughs> DVD's not good enough. I don't know if ever came to DVD or not, but I wanted (laughs) to find a a VHS copy of Willow somewhere. It tasks me, but I will have it one of these days. (laughs) Maybe Wookiee Yom Kippur is around the corner.
1: (laughs) We can break our fast with that. (laughs) My X-Wing got run over by a Jedi. Made it crash into the mud and leaves. Now you might say there's no such thing as Yoda. But as for me and R2, we believe. Sadly, we must once again return to the Star Wars Holiday Special. (laughs) At this point in the story, uh, Chewie's family and the shopkeeper are there, and a set of stormtroopers show up to harass the family. I guess because they're looking for
2: Han and Chewie, who they think might show up. I was really expecting sort of a um, Christoph Waltz and Inglorious Bastards kind of scene here, you know, with some nice, you know, back and forth dialogue, but surprisingly just didn't get it. Yeah, that'd have been nice. I was expecting more from the Star Wars Holiday (laughs) Special, to be honest. If you're expecting Christoph Waltz, you... You had your expectations too high.
0: <laughs> if, however, you were
2: expecting
1: the rock band Jefferson Starship, oh man, <laughs> then you had your expectations exactly right. Because at this point in the show, the stormtroopers gather around a
2: television and watch a Jefferson Starship <laughs> music video. It's a it's a small condolence, really, but <laughs> <laughs> right. <laughs> I don't mean to
1: say that, like. They watch something like that. That's exactly what happens at this point in the movie. Yeah,
2: it is It is just Jefferson Starship.
1: Sadly, this holiday special was not built on rock and roll. <laughs> and we have to cut back to the house where the stormtroopers kind of threaten Lumpy and say he has to be quiet. So Lumpy consoles himself by watching a cartoon. Which is a thing that makes sense. Kids like cartoons. But what's strange is that this is a cartoon about Luke Skywalker and Han Solo. <laughs> yeah. He is watching a Star Wars cartoon in Star Wars. It has devoured its own tail like the Ouroboros of old. <laughs>
2: Weirdly, I kind of enjoyed the cartoon. <laughs> so
1: famously, this is the first appearance of Boba Fett in Star Wars. Yeah.
2: I, I had no idea this was... I figured he just showed up, you know, in the middle of, in the middle of Empire. Yeah. So the, the gist is that,
1: uh, Boba Fett is trying to capture Luke, which I guess sort of like anticipates the plot of Empire Strikes Back. And there's a long, long story that I won't bore the listeners with, with the details of, but, uh, Boba Fett appears in a giant sea of jello riding a dinosaur. Which is pretty
2: exciting. Yeah, I really enjoyed the cartoon. It was a nice nice oasis in the otherwise <laughs> barren desert of the
1: holiday special. I think the you know the moral of the story is of, of the cartoon is a sort of, you know, be careful who your who your friends are. That uh, you know, they thought that Boba Fett was gonna be nice, but it turned out he was he was naughty. <laughs> and so Chris, I, I thought that what we'd do now is take a little break from this holiday special action and take on the role of Santa and figure out who in Star Wars is naughty and and who is nice. Sounds great.
0: I know you're not the real Santa Claus. Uncle Clark, are you Santa Claus? I'm Santa Claus. I'm Santa Claus. Mr. Santos.
1: The name is Santa Claus. Now I have a machine. Oh, ho, ho. So what we're going to do is we're going to pick a few few Star Wars movies and try to figure out who, who in that movie is naughty and who in that movie is nice. All right. So, Chris, who do you think in A New
2: Hope is naughty and who is nice? Hmm. I mean, off the bat, got to go with the uh, cantina bartender. Um, for the naughty list, <laughs> infamous yeah. droid racist. Exactly.
1: <laughs> I was kind of thinking of someone who's naughty in A New Hope, and something had never occurred to me before. So there's that interrogation droid that like is into the room yeah. where Leia is, mm-hmm. and I've always just thought of it as just like a brute instrument. Mm-hmm. But all the droids in Star Wars are sentient. Oh. Which makes me think this is like a droid with a personality.
2: Okay. Not
1: so much a t- like a tool,
2: but a... Yeah, it's
1: like an R2-D2, like a sadistic R2-D2. Uh, okay. And I'm thinking that interrogation droid is naughty. I like that. You got anyone who's nice in A New Hope, always a less fun list to come up with.
2: Hmm. From, from what little we saw, of her, Aunt Brew, is pretty nice.
1: Yeah, Aunt Brew seems very sweet. It's a shame that she ended up a, a scorched skeleton. <laughs> yeah. Next to Uncle Owen <laughs> I think TK-421 Is on my nice list Right He's He dies at his post And some jerkwad Is like are you even at your post yeah. TK-421 And I just don't think he deserved to get his arms ripped out of his sockets By Chewbacca <laughs> And so for that bit of sacrifice Doing his job I'm putting TK-421 on the nice list TK-421 Do you copy? How
2: about uh how about solo?
1: I'm gonna go kind of strange here on solo. Okay. If you'll remember one of our I think it might have been one of our fur jacket recipients, I can't remember, but the half head. Yeah. Oh yeah, definitely a fur jacket. The person walking around with half of a head. Yeah. I like to imagine that one half is evil and one half is the good. <laughs> like your Spock with goatee and Spock without. Yeah. Or your Doctor Strange Love Hand, like <laughs> Phantom Hand, yep. and your other Doctor Strange Love Hand. <laughs> so I am going to say the top half of the half head is probably evil, and the bottom half of the half head is is nice.
2: I like it. Yeah, I, so I think everyone's maybe a little bit naughty. Um, what about Revenge of the Sith? Hmm. Trying to think of something not obvious.
1: I know who I am going to say is naughty on Revenge of the Sith. Who's that thing that I've long hated? And that's the medical droid that lets Padme die of a broken heart. <laughs> Attempts no medical intervention. Very
2: happy just to let her die of an unknown cause. Yes, we're sorry. We've tried. We've tried nothing, and we're all out of ideas. <laughs>
1: <laughs> right. So for that Zogbird bot, uh, I'm saying is naughty. And for nice, I'm gonna go with Bail Organa. Yeah. Good call. For taking on Leia. Which is, in and of itself, a, a nice gesture. And nice to her, he says, you know what I'm going to do is not raise you on a barren oh. desert planet. <laughs> From afar. <laughs> right. I'm not going to drop you off on a desert with Uncle Owen. Hey, what are you trying to push on us? So for that, Bell Organa is, is nice.
2: Is there a movie you'd like me to throw out? Uh, no, not in particular. <laughs> I'm, trying to, I'm trying to think of, of catchy angles for things. I'm just not getting very far. That's fine. You watched
1: the holiday special today. That, that, uh, (laughs) it's tough to recover from that. I I don't think I'll ever be the same. (laughs) You've got that Ray Liotta look in your eye. (laughs) What about, what about Attack of the Clones?
2: Hmm. Let's see. See, for nice, I've got to go with the, uh, the comedians. They're just, they're very accommodating. You you don't, you don't pay your bill for your clone army for 10, 15 years. It's fine, you know, we'll just we'll keep, keep pumping them out, I'm sure you'll show up at some point and take care of that. Um, let's see. I'll give you my naughty for Attack of the Clones. They're in that club, the
1: guy, uh, <laughs> <Yeah>. the old, <laughs> you know what I'm about to yeah. say, right? You want to buy some death sticks? <laughs> yeah, the death stick pusher. <laughs> Why do they have a thing
2: called death <laughs> yeah. sticks? Hey, life in it's tough. You know, sometimes you just want a way out. <laughs> <laughs> it's like the
1: suicide booths yeah, from Futurama.
2: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, whoever...
1: uh I, If it was George Lucas or whoever came up with Death Stick Guy needs to go home and, and rethink his life.
0: <laughs> More doctors smoke Death Sticks
1: than any other
0: cigarette. Try Death Sticks yourself. The cigarette so many doctors enjoy.
1: What about... Empire Strikes Back. Not again nice, I'll just say Lando. (laughs) Mm,
2: At (laughs) At the the same same time. time. Another thing I wanted to find but couldn't was some sort of Cult 45 paraphernalia. (laughs) (laughs) Oh! Ability Williams uh,
1: ad campaign to remember. Works every time.
0: holy night... The stars are brightly shining. It is the night of Luke and Leia's birth. Here lay Padme. And sadly, she is dying. A droid appears. I hope he proves his worth. He dashes hopes, announcing he won't save her. He won't even try its negligent behavior. Lucas chose this. No medical diagnosis. Oh, why did she die? Oh, why, dear Padley? die? Oh, die?
1: Alright, so once again, we sadly must pivot back to the holiday special. Mm. And uh, all the Imperials in the... The house, they, they gather around the, the family view screen for a very important Imperial message, and it's it's like a Big Brother-esque video. Yeah. <laughs> like, this voice comes on and says that all, all faithful Imperial citizens have to watch this, like, propaganda video, mm-hmm. and you think it's going
2: to be that, and instead it's something very different. Yeah, it's like, it's like closed-circuit, there are closed-circuit feeds of Tatooine. <laughs> Particularly of the Moss Isley Cantina, which is being served by none other than B. Arthur. So this is a question. Is this is do you think this is this the Moss Eisley Cantina or do you think this is a competing cantina? Uh
1: you don't you don't mean like was it filmed in the obviously it was filmed in the same set, but you're saying like could it potentially have been
2: a different one? Yeah, or just portrayed to be a different one with a, a less racist bartender. Mm,
1: maybe they just have some bartenders that are racist and some not. Because they have the same band playing. Uh, that's true. She's a nice bartender that gets the uh,
2: the crappy shifts.
1: Yeah, it's a bit like Bizarro World, Masaisa Cantina, though. Because, like, Greedo is there, but they call him something else. So, I
2: wrote this down. I think they call him Ludlow or something like that. So I just assume. Yeah. I assumed it's Greedo's brother, just there drowning his sorrows. <laughs> The Waluigi yeah. to Gruto's Wario. Uh,
1: also, there's like a Ponda Baba lookalike yeah, I, I, there I, I, as well. I, I just
2: think that is Ponda,
1: Ponda B- <laughs> right? His hand regrows like a lizard tail. Yeah, exactly, <laughs> Those werewolf hands just sprout back up in a month, <laughs> much like the rest of the of the of the of the show. It's it's a very strange segment because it starts with a, a patron of the bar bringing B Arthur a flower. Yeah. And he has a very like Star Trek alien makeup kind of job,
2: and, and that they don't try to disguise the fact that he's just a guy with stuff glued to his face, <laughs> right? And he is like jumping all over
1: her, like saying he's in love with her and touching her, and it's it's very uncomfortable. And then after she lets him down much more gently than he has any right to be let down like he should just have the police called on him yeah b arthur has to close the bar for like a curfew but no one leaves so she lets everyone have one last round and she sings a song for for closing time (laughs) one last call for alcohol and it's again i mean it is if you picture b arthur singing a song that goes like one more round friend then it's homeward bound friend then you're picturing this segment yeah some some light dancing with, with Ponda Baba. <laughs> yeah, she slow dances with Ponda Baba, with Greedo, with a character who I assume is from Andrew Lloyd Webber's Cats. <laughs> and then she sort of like pied pipers them all out of the bar. Yeah. Except they're not all gone, Chris.
2: Oh no, there's one, one person still left, hiding behind the bar. <laughs> she thinks everyone is left, and then the... Star Trek alien sexual harassment
1: dude pops up from behind the bar, and it just fades to black.
2: With just the two of them. (laughs) Terrifying. I was very worried for B. Arthur. So, I'm not sure what the Imperial Censor was going for here, (laughs) forcing all of the Galactic Empire to watch this. Why on Earth did Big Brother make Winston watch this? I'm so baffled. We will meet again in a cantina where there are no shadows. <laughs> Maybe this was the, uh oh, was it the two minutes hate, I think? I forget, yes. I forget how many minutes it was exactly. B B <laughs> <be> Arthur.
1: <laughs> this is why we do not host a literary review podcast. <laughs> So, now that the Imperials have watched this edifying video, they leave one stormtrooper behind. Because nothing's bad has ever happened to one guy left behind. <laughs> <laughs> right. So, somehow on a plot device that I don't care enough to figure out how it worked, Lumpy has caused the stormtroopers to leave. The lone stormtrooper discovers that Lumpy has, has done this, and he he takes, I guess he takes Lumpy outside... But at this point, Han and and Chewie have have shown back up. They're sort of outside in like a guardrail at the treehouse, and the stormtrooper
2: falls off the porch to his death. I, I was not expecting them to work a Wilhelm scream into this somehow, but man, did they surprise me! <laughs> Right. So he falls to his death with accompanying Wilhelm
1: scream. Ah! And then they go back inside. And I forget if it's of the shopkeeper.
2: One of them just says, it's okay, everybody. He's gone. <laughs> <laughs> You're the shopkeeper enters later. <laughs> I'm just like, what did you do, buddy? How do you know? Did you, did you hide the body at the base of the tree? <laughs>
1: Yeah, because the, the stormtroopers call up on the view screen, the shopkeeper kind of covers for the death, and it made me think he's going to clean the body up. Yeah. <laughs> he's like the wolf from Pulp <laughs> You send in the wolf? <laughs>
2: <laughs> Got 15 minutes before Bonnie gets home.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I don't think you fully appreciate this Mala situation, Chris. <laughs> There's another part in this scene that I really love. So Han has, has delivered Chewie here to celebrate Life Day, And Han's kind of hobnobbing with the family, but but he's got to go check on the Falcon. And he says, well, I've got to go. Have a nice life day. (laughs) But there's a bit of a pause between life and day. (laughs) So for a moment, it just sounds like he says, well, I've got to go. Have a nice life. And I just wish he'd said that. And the show had ended right there. (laughs) That
2: was all Harrison Ford was contractually obligated for. So, I thought that the movie was done here. Oh, oh no! <laughs> Could you possibly describe what comes next? Uh, how, how long do we have? <laughs> so, <laughs> I think they say goodbye to the shopkeeper <laughs> because I'm sure he doesn't want to be around for this next part. <laughs> And they all kind of go to their, I guess, is it like in like the secret Wookie hidey hole where they like on the on the bookshelf and retrieve their, <laughs> their, I don't know, what do you want to call these things? Their magic sphere, their crystal balls. Yes, yeah, they have these bizarre pagan crystals. Yeah, so life day isn't really what you think it is, kids. it's a lot more Saturnalia and a lot less Christmas so they all, you know, begin the dark ritual (laughs) they kind of hold them up and join them together sort of Captain Planet style like a a light shines in and we get the soft fade out and you think oh, okay, maybe now it's over (laughs) no (laughs) you fade back in and they're all just standing there, holding them, but they're all in red robes. And you think, okay, that's weird. <laughs> Maybe now we're done. <laughs> but no. Then you just get this procession of people in in these red robes walking into this sphere of light. They appear to be in outer space. Yeah, and they appear to be in outer space. There's like a star field in the background. And then you're like, okay, that was really weird. <laughs> I guess without... <laughs> nope. <laughs> then we enter this, I guess, kind of smoke filled chamber, and everyone everyone's there. Like everyone, like there's like you know, fifty people there in their robes. Most appear to be Wookies, and they're gathered around this big tree with a starfield behind them. And then it gets really weird. (laughs) Do
1: you remember the cult that worships the bomb?
2: Beneath the Planet of the Apes. Except this time it's the apes and the cult. Oh, it's perfect. So they're worshiping at the base of this unexploded bomb tree. (laughs) And... Just because <laughs> R two and three PO are there, <laughs> they give like a little eulogy yeah, or something. Like, right? I think three PO is just you know is there just to serve as translator. You know, just when you think it's over, you're like, okay, maybe they're just there in the spiritual sense. No, <laughs> not at all. Then then Leia and Luke show up, and then uh how to say this. Carrie Fisher goes into her contractually obligated musical number. <laughs> yeah. that a good way to put it. I think so. That's where we end with, with Leia singing a song. And then, like, right at the very, like, I guess right before the very end you get this weird close-up of Chewbacca and this odd sort of, like, A New Hope summary with, like, these just some random clips shown in the background, or shown. Oh, yeah, like with different characters. <laughs> yeah. Like, Han is now a famous author living in Canada. (laughs) So you get like that really short, like a new hope summary and then it fades back in. And then I think they, it fades, it's like it zooms out again in the balls and they're all back in there in the treehouse enjoying dinner. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Like one last Thanksgiving meal. So just when I thought this thing didn't have any more to give, the whole, (laughs) the whole crystal ball robe sequence. Man.
1: That was strange. Chris, I don't think we're going to need Brian Mitchell's memorial <laughs> making for this <laughs> one. Worst cosmic wars ever!
2: Academy Award. for best movie ever made.
1: I'm afraid this gets my lowest rating ever. Seven thumbs up. <laughs> and I don't really need to ask, but...
2: From one star to I love DVD, I'm assuming you give this the zero (laughs) stars. Negative stars, if possible. Negative negative as many stars as were in the star field when they were walking into the light sphere with their (laughs) robes on.
1: Right, I give this zero crystal balls. (laughs) Yeah, the cartoon segment and the Gourmanda cooking could not come close to overcoming the rest of, of this train wreck. Oh, man.
0: Oh, what a mess.
1: It's a real testament to the original Star Wars movie that it came out, and then this came on TV, and it didn't destroy the franchise right then and there. Yeah, Exactly. I don't think that in
2: today's climate it could have survived this. And I think this came out, like, the following year. I think in 70, like, Christmas of 78. I think we just recently passed the ominous 40th anniversary of this a few days ago. I actually watched it on the 40th anniversary of the air date.
1: Um, just as a sort of, like, it was actually sort of by accident. Did did the portal to, to the life date <laughs> open up in front of you... <laughs> My old family was dressed in red robes All of a sudden We marched as if called To some unseen forest Like a moth to a glowing crystal flame We looked around We could hear nothing but the soft, sullen tones Of Carrie Fisher's voice They beckoned us And we answered <laughs> Last Jedi a
0: saber but the very next day you threw it away this year to save me from tears i'll give it to someone named kylo last jedi you milked know a sea cow it seemed like you liked this, but i don't see how this year to say that cast I'm going
1: to suggest you go vegan. Well, Chris, if there is possible to award but one fur jacket to something or someone from this show. We have of course an award for the most conspicuous thing or person in whatever we've watched. Chris, I want to know who you'd like to put on that fur jacket.
0: I live for furs. I worship furs. Gold jacket, green jacket, who gives it? Oh, please, won't you see my vest?
2: My my original thought was just somehow giving it, like, divided up amongst the entire cast of this production. (laughs) But in the end, the, the person that stuck out the most for me... Had to be, had to be Mark Hamill. He just, <laughs> he just looks so, it just did not look right at all. I just, I can't, I, I can't get over it. How, just how un Mark Hamill like he looked in this. It's very creepy.
1: It is a very creepy Mark Hamill. There
2: are many runners up in my opinion. Ugh, I just, yeah, I'm getting, I, I know, I know he's a real person. I'm just, I'm getting like Tarkin vibe or like Rogue One Tarkin vibes from, mm-hmm. from him a little bit.
1: Yeah, that's a that's a great choice. That's probably the better choice. I at the end of the day, I just I couldn't give it to anyone but Itchy for consuming erotica in his <laughs> living room, right in front of his his grandson
2: and daughter in law. Yeah, it, Itchy was probably my second choice. Most of the Wookies really were nightmare fuel, in my opinion. <laughs>
1: Well, Chris, you have anything else for us to talk about today, tonight?
2: Can we can we never watch this again? I think that's fair. This will not be a life day tradition <laughs> for us. If if we watch this again I'm gonna have to switch to my alternate drink for uh for life day, which I think is just going out and buying the highest proof alcohol you can and drinking it straight.
1: Chris, I'd like to thank you for of course watching this this train wreck with me. Always a pleasure. (laughs) Like always, we have to thank uh, Computer Music All-Stars for the music that we use in this show. If this is your first time listening to We Serve Droids, know that we release the first of every month. And there's a great back catalog of
2: of episodes to enjoy. If this was your actual first time listening, we really don't expect you to come back after this. (laughs)
1: Please, nonetheless, leave a five-star review. (laughs) He asked at the most inopportune time. Tell a friend about the show. There's a Facebook group for We Serve Droids. And uh, I've not mentioned this, but sometimes I tweet about the show uh, using, obviously, the hashtag We Serve Droids. So if you look for that hashtag, it will be exclusively having been used by me. (laughs) (laughs) Um, At a Scott Mess on Twitter. What's left to say, Chris, other than Happy Life Day, Merry Christmas, Happy Kwanzaa, Happy Hanukkah. What else? Merry Xmas, Happy Festivus, yes. Rats Off To Ya, <laughs> Happy Feast of Alvis.
2: <laughs> Did I leave any out? I think that was it. Well, All right. I guess we'll see everyone New Year's Day. That'll be a grand time. (laughs) Talk to you then, Chris. Sounds
1: good. Talk to you then. I'd like to give a special thanks to various friends of the pod who contributed to this episode by singing. Thanks, guys.
2: It doesn't matter. Nothing matters anymore. (laughs) I no longer fear death after watching the holiday special. (laughs) I know why Lumpy had that 30 yard there <laughs> One one thing I did see that you can thank me for not getting, um, and this this, this was amazing. It was a um it was like an 18-inch tall, like from like vintage, like from like around episode one, so from like around 1999, like Jar Jar Bink statue that danced. <laughs> <laughs> (laughs) like uh almost like the billy the wide
1: mouth 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 mask kind of dancing
0: come to where the flavor is come to that sticks country you guys look like what do they look like jimmy dorks (laughs) (laughs) they look like a couple of dorks